Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes and the show notes all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. We have 11 episodes of the Standout Podcast under our belt now, and it has been an honor to connect with some forward-thinking entrepreneurs. What are your thoughts of the program? Who else should be featured? What would you like to learn? Let me know at Cheryl at CherylTanMedia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Cheryl Tan. Relationships are the cornerstone of your success. I believe that. And my next guest, Jason Troy, does too. Jason uses skills he is naturally very good at. Meeting people, building relationships, making connections to help entrepreneurs. He is the author of the best-selling book, Social Wealth, and he is a business and executive coach based in Dallas, Texas. If you're struggling with trying to figure out how to create authentic relationships that last, you'll want to take notes. If you're just not happy with what you're doing now, take a listen. You'll get plenty out of this show. Jason breaks down the three pillars of building solid relationships and how to be successful with what you have created. Jason Troy, it is a pleasure having you on the show today. Welcome. Hey, well, thanks for having me on your show, Cheryl, and speaking to your fantastic tribe. Yeah, and it really is. It's a great group of entrepreneurs who are trying to grow and trying to learn how to get better. And I think you'll be able to share some great insight with them. You're a business and executive coach as well as an author. And I just wanted to start out with hearing your startup story. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Well, I was working in corporate America and I actually just was helping two of my friends help their friends move from one big city to another. And they were introverted people. There's more on the engineering type. And they were worried about not only starting a career, but restarting their entire life since they lived, both lived in cities their entire life. And so I just helped them. I just helped my friends help them. And, you know, I spent more time on it than I originally had thought. And then really about after 90 days, both of them had way better lives than where they came from overall. Right. And so I knew I might have something at that point, but I really wasn't sure. So I was like, okay, let me just experiment. And I literally sat down and started writing out like a PowerPoint deck. Like, how would I tell this story in a PowerPoint deck? Because I come from a marketing background. Right. So it was the easiest form to, for me to try to get this out. And so I wrote about 30 slides. And I'm like, there's something here. And so I approached a friend of mine who had a lifestyle coaching business. And I said, well, what if we do something on how to build great social lives for people? Something really targeted um, that would help people. Um, and it's something that I had just done. And I could leverage a lot of the stuff as well as the stuff that I knew that he was doing and really package it up. So then from there, I really wrote a book. It was like 75 pages long. And he made some edits, but it came from me. But I put our names on it because it was I'm leveraging someone else's business. And they came up with some products over the years and coaching things that we could sell. And so that's kind of really how the foray into all this began. Okay. I have to go back. So you're helping your friends. You're, you've got a regular job. You're in corporate America. You have a yes. nine to five or a 10 to seven, whatever it is. And you're helping and you're helping. Yes. And then you're seeing the results in your friends' lives. But how did you help them? I mean, you weren't a coach then. You probably no. didn't have any training even in it back then. So what was the help like? And how were how did they receive it? How did your friends receive that coaching that you didn't know was coaching at the time? Well, I'm 
I'm an extrovert and I have a really big network of people. So mm -hmm. building a social life and understand how to architect it and talk to people and human behavior is something I'm just, I'm good at. Mm -hmm. It's something I studied and dabbled on the side, read a lot about it. And I've spoken to a lot of people. Um, and I've also worked with really successful CEOs and entrepreneurs from like Steve Jobs to Mark Cuban to, you know, Mark Hurd. So some big people as well that I've learned from and watched and been around. So I took a lot of that learning and really just gave it to them in bite-sized chunks that I knew that they could mm. excel at. Okay. Because I had done it in my own life. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I come to I came to Dallas, I didn't know a single person. And now I have a network or I figured it out a couple of years ago of like 15,000 people that I know here in Dallas at some level or another. Some maybe only one touch, some maybe a lot. So mm -hmm. I knew at that point I had it. So I just thought of a logical plan. If I were gonna go to another city, how would I approach everything hmm. from moving? to going out and socializing, to figuring out what's great in the city, um, to how you could actually masterfully work in your own job to meet people quickly. So a lot of this stuff, and I just right. came up with it and told them how to do it. And at that point, you're right, I wasn't really thinking about a coaching. I was just trying to help someone. Right. And it was something I was passionate about doing. So I just did it. And you know, they were really amenable to it because they, had, they didn't know anything else. And they had no plan and no idea where to look. And so it was so overwhelming that having someone to help them no matter what was easier than any other alternative they had. I love that. I absolutely love that. Taking the skills that you've learned over the years and turning that into something that was really a pain point for the people in your circle. So what kinds of challenges did you come upon? I mean, you have, you have the skill sets. You can tell you're an extrovert, you have the social skills, but then Turning that into a business. I mean, you wrote a book and then you partnered with your um, co-author, but what were some of the challenges to getting your idea, you know, your social skills into something that could make you money, that could you, you could live on eventually? Well, a, a lot. I mean, yeah. it, it was the iterations of the business were really just challenging from taking a book out in the market mm -hmm. about how to work with someone else inside of their own business and manage also my own job, right? And figuring out, mm. okay, when was it time to really leap in all the way? And that was really hard too. So the, you know, the stuff I was doing with my friend and doing it, I think was successful, but it really wasn't enough to live on at the time. And I knew that I needed to put more time and energy in it to really take off. And eventually I thought to myself, probably I needed to move more to the business end of things. And the challenge I had was that's not where his business was. And so eventually I knew I had to go out on my own and I wasn't really sure how to take where I was at and take the leap. So it took me quite a while to figure that transition out. Um, and so that was really the most difficult part for me is figuring out how do I take where I'm at and then get to the next point. Right. So what I did was what I've always done was do a lot of them version. So I created a podcast show probably in 2012 and I talked to 40 or 50 really successful entrepreneurs and it was way easier back then to get a hold of people um, because there were just a lot less podcasts going on. So I talked to some really well-known people, somebody revolutionized PTSD in the military, the mm -hmm. financial editor today show, a lot of really well-known professors and you know, number one Saki expert in the world and all these people <laughs> to try to figure out relationships, success, how to overcome obstacles and hurdles because I was like, all right, I got to do a lot of massive learning. And the easiest way is go to the people who've already done it and extract the bullets and nuggets from them and then figure out how I'm going to take it out. And so I did that. And then in the process of, you know, 
um, leaving the person I was working with, I also then was writing a book and I knew the book was going to be on relationships. And so that's kind of started the foray forward really in the middle of all this craziness. (laughs) So you're doing um, essentially your homework uh, via talking to as many people as you can. You're using the relationship skills that you had kind of honed throughout your career and then using that to kind of leverage that knowledge and then grow your business. It's yeah, great. exactly. It's great. Because that, that way I could figure out a lot of information mm-hmm. and it would really help me do immersion to figure out where are the pain points, where are really people being much more successful than other people were mm-hmm. doing, as well as a lot of the things that I learned in going out and meeting people and doing human behavior by just meeting people through charities and other events, I could put it, start to put it all together. You know, at that point, I still really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up at that point. (laughs) It was still pretty much kind of a a data dump. And I was having to sift through this and figure out, okay, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And that was a pretty hard period of time because you're trying to juggle that make money in your business. I left my job because I was like, I can't figure this all out working you know, 60 hours a week. And it just wasn't possible at what I had. Mm-hmm. So that was really kind of the heart. That was really the hardest part. And it was kind of a, I call it your own divine storm, kind of your dark moments where you're like, I'm not sure how I'm going to make it forward at some point. Right. Um, and so that was, I told people, eventually you have to hit that point. Mm-hmm. Because there's some urgency that needs to happen. And you have to really spend time doing this. And you'll find when you do that, gets a little crazy and maddening at that point to come up with these ideas and test them out and spend all this time, seven days a week, just really immersion in all this stuff in order to draw out the conclusions in order to try to monetize it. I will say that I think, uh, and you just said it too, I think you have to go through that pain in order to really get to something that people want and value and will pay for. So you've clearly been through that. What did you find was the pain? If you're trying to find the social pain, as you were talking with all your entrepreneurs and all the people that you're thinking is your target, what is the pain that people have related to relationships and the mistakes that you see people make? People can't, they don't understand that they can't see their own blind spots. And Mm, that's one thing, right? Because you can, it's like I tell my clients, like most of my clients are like Oprah, right? They can see everyone's problems, but they can't see their own. (laughs) And That's also, great. And, yeah. Right? And the pro- other problem is, too, is everyone, and I've done hundreds and hundreds of tests on my clients and other people, have patterns that no longer serve them. It started when they were the, uh, under the age of 10 years old. And those patterns are, are holding them back today and have been holding them back before. So those things really are things that challenge people, right? I'd say the other part of it, too, is people really aren't practicing social communication and emotional skill sets and their learned behaviors. And so the problem is if you don't practice them enough, you don't get better at them and you don't really know what to do. Okay. And so I think if you couple all three of those things together, you really have gaps in your mm-hmm. professional life and your personal life that really happen. And eventually what happens is everyone hits their divine storm or they take a huge falling off a cliff. And most people never make it back. They get back kind of halfway and they plateau. Or other people live this peak and valley life where things start falling apart and they pick it up, and they, but they can't figure out why or how it happens. And so there's a method to all this madness, and there's a process that people can use to, to not to have the peaks, but have valleys that are as half as high as other people. And when I've seen successful people 
that's how they do it compared to other people. But you can't do it alone. And I find the other thing about it is it's not money or resources. I, there's a lot of wealthy people that never use coaching or never get any help from any sort of health professional in their life. But because the issue is they feel it's weakness, it's mm -hmm. being vulnerable, or they don't know where to go or they don't know what to do, right? And I th think that's the other problem too. We have a society and culture that doesn't really value the skill sets that you need later on mm -hmm. in any sort of – because I have my law degree and master's in communications. And really all the skill sets I needed to be successful in business, I never learned in school. In fact, I'd argue it actually put me farther behind. Because I didn't have the mentality to do what I needed to do. And I think that's part of the educational system that's actually really flawed and actually really hurts people mm -hmm. as they move forward in life. So you've shared some great knowledge bombs. You really have. So let's go back. And if you have some steps that can help people communicate better, find success, find happiness. So really, I mean, there are three different ways, um, and not everybody has all of those pieces, where do we start? How, do, well, think, how, how can people help themselves? I think part of it is understanding, writing down what are the behaviors that are no longer serving in your life anymore, right? Okay. I think that's the first thing. So if you write down that you want to lose weight or whatever it might be, or find a better job, right? Okay. If you look underneath that, the next thing that falls on that is the stories that you have about the world around you, right? So the story is about losing weight is, you know, I can't get to the, I don't have enough time, right? I don't know what to do. It's too expensive. All these other stories. And I think people need to write down what are the stories around the behaviors that are going on in their own head. Because once you write that down, you can flush out and really see that you're making really all these up. There's no facts based on it. They're all stories that you're creating. And you could create the opposite story if you choose. Right. And below that, then, I think, is the emotional layer, which is the key. And sort of saying what emotions are connected to that story and behavior. Like, what are you feeling inside? Is it shame? Is it guilt? Is it are you mad? Are you sad? Because you have to start getting in the emotional layer and bringing up what's going on inside of you and how you're feeling. And it, the feelings don't matter what they are. It's important to write them down. The next step below that is really writing the limiting beliefs. And a limiting belief is anything. So inside, if you feel like you're not worthy, if you don't measure up, right, if you're not beautiful enough, you need to write these down because they'll also start to help grappling on what's going on. And the last layer is really when's the first time in your life like you felt like that before, um, that you felt those limiting beliefs in your life. So maybe perhaps you, you didn't feel worthy because you got to be in your report card when you were younger and you brought it home to your parents and they told you that you wouldn't amount to anything, or maybe people in your life told you you'd never be successful. And the first memories of that start to help you start to see that a lot of the things in life aren't because you can't lose weight, you can't get a better job. It's because the patterns have started really young in your life. And people had told you things that you internalized, believed, and modeled. Mm -hmm. And when you can have an honest conversation with that, you can then re-engineer up back up the stack all the behaviors you want. So what what would you need to what were the beliefs that you need? need to have if you wanted to lose more weight? What are the emotions you'd have to start feeling? What are the stories you have to tell yourself? And what are the, what are the behaviors and actions you'd have to take in order to make that happen? And you can start to mm -hmm. do that because change comes from the inside out, right? And as a business coach, I've, what I find is that life coaches do more of this, but business coaches don't really operate from the inside out because it's way riskier, right? I, I mean, that's one of the easiest things for me to sell in my job when I go into a client is saying, I'm going to do something no one else will do because they won't want to risk the relationship and the money. They'd rather teach 
the external skill sets. Sure, sure. But if you feel like a fraud inside, if you feel like you're not good enough, then if you teach leadership, networking, relationships, influence, management skills, you're going you're gonna to feel like you can't pull them off and it's going to be very disingenuous in your life. And most of life is nonverbal communication. So you signal to the other person what you're feeling on the inside. And so that's why you only get possibly incremental results at the best, not exponential results, which are life-changing results, which you can get. But people need to start thinking about life from the inside out and not the other way around. Interesting that you talk about the soft skills when you are dealing with private clients or, or clients in general. Um, was there a barrier at first? And it sounds like there probably was. They, they maybe didn't respond when you said, we're going to talk about soft skills. Although I know you didn't call it that. Uh, you know what? Initially, when I started doing it um, years ago, I had more reticence from people in doing it. And then what I found was six months into the process, mm -hmm. my clients were having a lot of problems oh. because the things inside of them were holding back were actually the things that were preventing from going forward. So what happened was I was having to figure out what to do at that point, and it was way harder. So then in the beginning, now I start from the beginning because the results are way a faster because I get by all the blocks in their life, the blind spots, the patterns that have gone up. And also I find out what's really been going on their whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I show them all these patterns that happen. Right. For instance, like if I have a client who's been an entrepreneur, I can almost tell you for certainly that they've had a parent or a grandparent or someone in their life who's been an entrepreneur. It rarely happens that someone comes out of nowhere. I have clients who have a mother who's an alcoholic. And if they're married, their spouse has an alcoholic parent or grandparent or other family member. Right. These things all stick together and they come together like that. And when you understand that, it's much easier to change because you don't feel like you're broken, right? Most people feel like if they can't lose weight, they're broken. How can I not do this and everyone else does it? Mm -hmm. But when you realize it's not about that, it's the patterns that are going on. And if you make little changes, right. one or 2% changes, you can have massive lift in your life. And it's not that hard if you actually are consistent with it in a daily discipline and understand where it stems from. Jason, that's great. That's really, really great. So um, I know that you also, once you get past the barriers, you work on social skills, which is what we talked about way in the beginning. Are there some things that you could talk about to help people in social settings, in business social settings? Because I know that you also focus on that as well, how to build authentic relationships uh, when you're at networking meetings or when you're meeting new potential clients, how to make that relationship one that's valuable right then and there, and then one that can lead to something down the road. Sure. I think there's a couple of things. One is if you look at the three pillars to really build relationships, it's building rapport, likability, and trust. And if you can build all three of those, you can build enough intrigue that people want to follow up and get to know you. And the key thing is to remember that. So with rapport, there's a couple things. One is you have to ask people questions that get them ignited. And how you ignite people is talking to their heart and their emotions, right? So if you ask people what they do for a living, they've been asked that question a thousand times. And most of the times, it's never worked out well. And a lot of people don't even like their own jobs. Mm. So I ask them the question, what are you passionate about? What projects in your life are you working on that you're excited about, right? Some variation of that question. And it gets people talking about what they care about most, which no one asks them, right? I mean, I asked that question to 
hundreds of people so far. I mean, like before I even started asking it, and they've never been asked that question in their life. Even people who have spouses that are married and best friends have never asked that question. So it's a great question to get inside of someone's mind what's going on. The other thing is there's NLP skills. There's things that you can do on mirroring, on matching, on matching someone's tone, on the word choices and things. And that also can help build rapport. But a lot of people use those as tricks. And I say those are supplemental. The first thing is really getting and tapping into someone's emotion. And likability, really the easiest way to do that is to be an active listener. Most people have a million ideas in their head and non-verbally they tell people they're not interested and they don't care. And so then people shut them out. So if you can actually focus on them and realize the only place you can be is in that place in that moment talking to that person. And if you're an active listener, repeat back a little bit of what they say, you can really build that likability. And the great thing on the trust side, it's really easy. When you ask people what they're passionate about, ask them, well, what help do you need on this? What challenges are you having? And then you can reach out and help them and offer help. And maybe you say to me, well, I have no idea how to help them. Well, get their business card and look up an article, a book, anything, and send it back. It's a great way to build a relationship, especially if you're trying to sell someone or you want to get to know someone in a business setting, even if you meet them in a personal setting. Because you show them you're giving. And when you give to someone at that point, what happens is that you put yourself in their inner circle. Because the only people that don't operate without a scorecard, meaning someone that will do something for you without asking anything in return, are the people that are closest in your life. And so when you can do that and lead with that, you know, the magic opens up, right? And I would say the other thing, too, inside of all this is try to be vulnerable. If you can tell people some vulnerable story about yourself, um, and it can be really small, right? An example would be I went to a charity event probably six months ago, waiting in line, talking to a woman. She asked me, why did you go to this event? And I'm like, well, my mom had leukemia, and she went to Sloan Kettering and fortunately got some experimental drugs that helped save her life. So I, you know, I really am big on going to these events. So the other person told me about her sister was in the midst of breast cancer and talked for five minutes where I shared less than a minute of what was going on in my story. Well, immediately, she wanted to give me a hug, introduce me to her friends because I led with vulnerability, right? So when you lead with your vulnerability, authenticity, and you speak your own truth, instead of trying to get approval from other people, you can be really successful in these social settings, right? And really build a lot of intrigue. And that's either in a business setting or a personal setting, right? I mean, I do pretty much the same thing in either one because most of the time your best business contacts are met in personal settings, right? And I, that's right. why I love to go to charity events and nonprofit, meaning museums, symphony and opera, because that's where wealthy people go. That's where influencers go. That's where right. social influencers and millennials go. So you go where the people are at in the most context, and then you can really meet a lot of people that can, you can help and they can help you. What's it like to see the transformation in people you work with? What I is mean, that feeling like? I mean, there's pro probably no other feeling like that. And it's because it, it's so much hard work and you get to know people from the inside out. And you lay a funnel on a plan out and you have to take a leap of faith with, along with the client because I don't know what's going to happen with them and I don't know how fast it's going to go. I mean, it's really great to see all what can happen to someone when they actually take it. I had a client of mine who um, is a chairman of a large company here and you know, I was working with him and he went to the TED conference last year, the, you know, the main TED conference in Vancouver and we laid a plan out and I knew it was really an important time for him to take the next step up and you know, I was worried because you know, I wasn't there. So you had the best plans in the world. They don't necessarily go the way you want them to go. 
And it worked out great. And he got a bunch of investment opportunities and met all these people. And he's on the board of TEDx, reforming all the TEDs around the world. Great. And then he went back this year. And you could just see all the great things that had happened. And, you know, he got one of his big investments was the lead thing that they were showing at TED. And so it was magnificent to see in 12 months how completely someone's life can turn around and how much progress they can make. It's was unbelievable, but it's a lot of hard work and you have to go all in and you have to be willing and you have to be persistent in every single day in making that progress and, and great things can happen. But a lot of people are just not w willing to be that open and really do the work that they have to do in order to get there. But it can be done and it can be done very quickly in people's lives. You talked a little bit about things that have to be done consistently maybe every day, every week, every month. And so on the show, we like to talk about habits. What are your particular habits that you carry out on a regular basis that you believe have led to your success and to where you are today? Well, I get up every day and tell myself it's going to be another great day as usual. So I, I program my head to saying every day is going to be great no matter what, right? And then I do a gratitude list, three things that I'm grateful for. It doesn't matter whether it's a roof over my head, it's my Jack Russell Terrier, or it's whatever it is. The small things, because it puts you in a mindset where you're already in a positive mindset where you look at yourself and saying, wow, how awesome it is that I'm alive today. Look at all the great things. And so positivity immediately comes into your life. Right? I like to, yeah. I drink a lot of water every day. That's important. I love green juice. I do that. I exercise like five days a week because I think that's a great place to get yourself in. I read a lot. Um, and I try to listen to like podcasts and I go to conferences regularly um, and I get out there and do as much things as I can to do learning and massive immersion in my stuff. And then the other thing too is I ask myself really what are the hard things I can do, right? Like I, three weeks ago, I asked myself like what are the three things I really don't want to do that push me to uncertainty? And the one project was, was actually simplifying my house. And really renovating and remodeling this because I was like, man, this is so overwhelming for me. It's the last thing in the world I want to do. So I said, that's the project I'm going to pick. <laughs> and I just dove in and I didn't even have a plan. And I found everyone and I was throwing out things and going in garbage bags. And I had other business things I was supposed to do. And I'd actually push them out, which means I probably lost money. But I needed to do this and go through this whole process because I needed to simplify and get rid of it. And I knew that if I didn't do it, how was I going to organize other parts of my life if I didn't actually start at the hardest place that I could possibly do. So, I mean, those things I think are really important for people to do. And if you're asking yourself, well, I don't know where to start, ask yourself, what are the three things that scare you the most right now? And then go ahead in the next week and just do them. Take action, get moving, right? Take action. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Yeah. And the key thing is the most successful people in the world, what I have learned, is they can take a leap of faith and not for the landing, meaning the outcome, right? They don't start a business ultimately because the only goal they have is making money. There's a lot of other goals along it. And let's say they start the business and it doesn't go the way they want. When they hit that point, they realize there's a lesson. They don't sit there and wallow in the failure. They realize that there's a roadblock for a reason. What's the lesson and what are the lessons I need to learn? And then they pivot. And that's why they're successful. Right? And that's how people who do this thing do this all the time over and over and over again. They don't leap for the expectation. Mm -hmm. They do it for the experience. And I think that's where people can take a huge takeaway and have a lot more success because you're less attached to these outcomes and you're doing things because you're passionate. You want to learn and you realize you're going to get there anyways. The money's going to come. 
if you're passionate and excited about it, because people are going to want to be around you because they know you're doing it because you believe in it. Love it. Love it. Where can people get in touch with you, Jason? How can they find you? So they can go to my website. It's beextraordinary.tv. That's beextraordinary.tv. They can go to Amazon and get my book, Social Wealth. I mean, if they want to send me an email, they can just send it to jason at beextraordinary.tv. Okay. I'm going to link that to the show notes at cheryltanmedia.com. Before we go, have one last question for you, which is what makes you a standout? You know, what makes me a standout is I'm willing to do whatever it takes. My willingness and my love for people, right? And my passion for my life and the people inside of it is what really gets me out of bed every day and gets me excited. And I think that if more people focused on what gets them excited and then start to figure out how can I monetize that, then the world would be a radically different place. Jason Troy, thank you so much for joining us. You gave us some great advice and some important things to think about. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Standout. I hope you enjoyed Jason's valuable advice on how to create extraordinary relationships. As mentioned in the show, I'll link to Jason's book and website at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 11. Interested in other episodes of the Standout Podcast? They're all together in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. If you'd like to be reminded when new Standout episodes come out, sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.